Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey, parents, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurry in another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And we are brought to you, as always, by our good friends up in the Seattle area, the Center of Place of Hope with Dr. Greg Jantz, a top 10 facility for depression treatment. And we encourage you to check them out at wonderofparenting.com and not only depression, but all other areas of uh, challenges in life as well. And our good friend, Dr. Marion Hill here in the Phoenix area with Man Cave. Men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. And their mission is to improve the well-being of children by increasing the number of children growing up with engaged, committed, and responsible dads or male role models. You can learn more about both of our sponsors at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. So today we have a, another special guest with us, Nellie Harden. And uh, Nellie, I see that your mute button is on on my screen. There you go. And uh, Nellie, we're so glad to have you with us. First of all, tell us where you are coming from. Hi. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I am in the very southern tip of North Carolina on the coast. Oh, sounds beautiful. Really? It my is goodness. beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Do you get winters? We do, right? Uh, but so I'm from Michigan, so okay. I know winter. So yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I know winter. Uh, and we actually vacationed here for 17 years and then decided not to leave. So uh, wow. we we moved everyone down here in 2015. And so winter around here is like 50, you know, oh, versus yeah. uh, me standing at the bus stop in negative 15. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I remember those days. Michael, right. you still get that a little bit, don't you? We, yeah, we had a negative 15 about three weeks ago. Uh, at at night, the yeah. day was three or two or something. <laughs> but but we don't get it as as often as Michigan and Minnesota. Like Tim was brought up in Minnesota, yeah. we don't get it as often as you guys did there. So Nellie, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to talk about our daughters and building self esteem in them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, I I live out here uh, with my husband and my four daughters. Um, So we've been married for a bit over 20 years, and we have four daughters that are 17, 15, 15, and 13. So we are smack dab in the middle of all the things, right? Wow. In fact, my uh, my oldest daughter just got her college acceptance last night. There was a mm. lot of hooting and hollering celebrations. And um, so, yeah, we were middle school to uh, pretty soon leaving home. And uh, my background is in uh, biology, psychology, and I started my career in animal world, actually, which is funny enough, has so many ties with teenagers today and what we do. Yes. And so I started my career in marine mammalogy and then I had a transition to humans um, about uh, a little over 10, 11 years ago. And I've been working in um, family disciplines, family dynamics, uh, really at the cross-section of biology, psychology, culture, 
Lutheran faith um, ever since then. So uh, it's been a really neat ride and just keep honing in and massaging it to where I am today, which is working uh, with families that are raising daughters in the second half of childhood in Mm. order to build in them self-discipline leadership before they leave home. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to talk a bit. We're going to start by looking at uh, some of the uh, things that rob our daughters of self-esteem. But Michael, I want to start with you first. Give us just a little overview. What's going on in the brain and the biology of a teenage girl? Mm. Yeah, I, I love the association with mammalogy because, of course, we are mammals, so it's a beautiful right. association. Yeah, so um, so the um, if we just take that ten years of life, ten to twenty, so a lot is about connecting the frontal lobe to the midbrain, where impulses are, and there's a in girls um, they don't tend to have as as many impulse control problems physically, but quite often verbally you know, they're, they're impulsive verbally and they say things they regret. And, um, and so there is still a lot of the frontal has to connect. And then the hormonology uh, affects all of this because they, they're going to have that templated brain development that we're going to help them with to, to close those circuits. Um, but at the same time, the hormones are going to be wreaking some havoc. So they could have closed some hurt circuits and then, you know, the hormones hit and suddenly they have a mood swing and, you know, we, we worry a lot about them, but it turns out that was connected to hormones and the hormones get rebalanced or the homer or the hormones are out of balance. And we really have to get them help to get the hormones in balance, which is more medical. Um, so I, I'd say there are two things going on biologically. Some is the brain connectivity and the other is hormones. Mm. And of course, all the nurture and socialization stuff. So, uh, Michael raised two daughters. I raised a daughter, and and uh, we've got our, our oldest grandchild is thirteen now. So we're we're in those years. <laughs> so Nelly, let's start a little bit. Um, in every generation, our daughters face challenges to their self esteem, but we're we're really in a new world compared to say the world that Michael and I grew up in, uh, and our daughters grew up in. So, what are some of the things you're seeing these days that are really having a, a let's say a negative impact on the self esteem of our daughters? Mm. Well. I think one of the important things that we can do as parents um, in order to bridge that gap of you are you and I am we, we grew up in two different times and it, it gives kind of this excuse for our, our teenagers and our tweens. Um, so really like eight, nine, 10, uh, you know, all the way to 17 or so is where I primarily work, which of course, 19 is still a teenager, but that's legally an adult, right? But that gives them the excuse to be like, you don't understand, you don't get what's happening, right? And so I want to close that gap. And there's really some things that have always been a struggle now. They're just a different flavor of struggle that there are today. And so uh, I call them roadblocks, you know, self-esteem roadblocks, and that's comparison. It's perfectionism. Mm. It is people-pleasing, and it is identity shifting. And so all of that, it has, as a parent, I promise you, and you know it too. You can go back in your own childhood and be like, oh, I remember when that happened. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when that. And it it brings this connection point, even if your daughter right now is social media, right? We we all know social media. It's, it's so funny. I did hundreds of uh, interviews of parents raising daughters across the world in 2022. 
easily, that was one of the top two things that were brought up every single time with social media. Everyone knows it's this big problem. Everyone knows it's a big challenge, but it's just kind of accepted. It is what it is. And we're not doing anything about it. Hmm. Um, and I'm not one of those people that thinks all social media is bad. I think it can be used for some great purposes, but it's like, it's like being lost in, you know, a wonderful place. My my brother was lost in Disney World when he was, I think, like six or seven years old, right? Happiest place on earth. But he was lost and it was scary and it was, it was not good for anybody. So having that guidance is really important during this age. But the social media can contribute to all four of those roadblocks so, so easily today. And not to mention, we live in a more complicated world because it's more connected. So as a, you know, 13, 14, you know, year old, you can sit there in your classroom and all of a sudden have all of these empathy triggers towards someone that is experiencing something on the other side of the world that you would not have had any idea about before. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't have had those emotional stressors before. Although building empathy can be good, but when you are thrown in a trash can of it and it's just piled and piled and piled on top of you, it really begins some negative uh, brain cycles uh, that can be happening there. So yeah, we have we have that comparison uh, through social media. We also have it through, you know, the person in gym class next to you, like it's always been. We have perfectionism because we have these young women and I, I work... Um, I work all over the world, but I also work in person here in my community and I go on trips and things with uh, all these young women and it, it always happens, you know, they're like sitting there solemn, upset, maybe even frustrated. And then that cell phone comes out and they sit up and they get this great big smile on their face. They mm. do their hair, they zhuzh it up, you know, they do all the makeup and then they take a picture and then it's back down again. Right. Mm. But the picture that everyone is seeing, the picture that my daughter and all these other girls are seeing are, wow, she's so happy. I don't feel that happy. So what's wrong with me? But that's not how they are all the time, right? right. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of complexity that is out there that is building up toward these four, four roadblocks. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to take a, a little break and then we're going to be back with Nellie Harden and we're going to talk about, all right, we've got these challenges. Now, how do we help our girls develop healthy self-esteem? You're listening to the wonder of parenting podcast. Swimsuit check. Sunscreen check. Phone charger check. Don't forget to pack the five hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code five H E travel at five hour energy.com expires April 30th. One time use only not valid with other discounts. Remember visit five hour energy.com and use code five H E travel to save 20%. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So Nelly, um, let's go through, just mention these four roadblocks once again, and then I'm going to have Michael kind of respond to that. Yeah. So give uh, again. Yeah. Uh, so comparison, mm -hmm. perfectionism, 
Mm-hmm. And then there is people pleasing and identity shifting. Mm. And Michael, I see you're you're jogging, uh, jotting down some notes there. What are you What are you hearing? What What uh, resonates with you? Oh yeah, it's such a great list. I, I you know, I'll stay with what we already started talking about the biology and and girls have specific challenges in any world. Nellie is so right that that 50 years ago they had challenges. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And and some of these challenges are baselines and things like people pleasing. Um, that is a challenge that girls have no matter where they are. And uh, some of it has to do with oxytocin, which we've talked about on this before, this podcast. This is that bonding chemical that girls have more of than boys. And it's a tendon befriend chemical. And it's it's the positive of that chemical is that they, they'll do the lessons. They'll f- do their homework. They, they want to please the teacher. They want to please people. And so they do these things that that is that are good for them to get good grades that's good the downside is of course that they over people please and they lose the self and they don't really construct a self with good boundaries because they're trying to please and the self-image you're so right nelly about about this temporary self-image that we take the picture of you know for a girl take the photo of put it you know and we're we're um we really want that to please others (laughs) right this girl really wants people to like that and um part of what we have to do as parents is help our daughters to realize this is not a good cycle for you yeah. to be constantly trying to please other people. And of course, ultimately, if it's done with a photo, it's just going to be superficial. Um, it's not really going to be the self, the core self. So that's what hits me. I'm so glad you're bringing these up. They're just crucial. Mm-hmm. So, so Nelly, you've, you've got four daughters right now. They're all in that, that age group. <laughs> And I'm I, I'm going to assume that all four daughters are also very different from each other. So uh, different you know, personalities, you know, their passions, all that, and yet they have these basic needs mm-hmm. to feel good about themselves, self love, um, you know, to understand their worth and value. So, what are some of the things uh, that you recommend for parents to help our daughters overcome these four roadblocks and begin to to discover who they are, their worth and value? Well, there's a couple things um, there, and there's five basic needs that every human for, throughout all of time has needed, mm-hmm. but especially in teens and tweens now, uh, in teens and tweens always, they're more electrified because of like what Michael is saying, that frontal lobe is not mm-hmm. developed yet. So they're working you know, a lot from that amygdala a lot of times, they're relying on that, that fight or flight, or that quick decision, that all or nothing. And so- we need to, as parents, help guide them into understanding these five needs. Those five needs are, I need to be seen, I need to be heard, I need to be loved, I need to belong to something, and I need to have a purpose. I need to be going somewhere, right? Because so many of our teens today, that's where they're getting stuck. Hmm. Nobody knows me. I feel alone. I There's no reason why I'm here, right? Nobody loves me. Like all of these are things that you hear over and over and over again when you're talking with these teens. And so as a parent, one of the biggest things that we can do is fill these needs for them, but also teach them how to fill them for themselves and how to positively find them out in the world too. And what I mean by this, like, let's get down to some tactical stuff here, right? Something as simple as they walk into the kitchen when you're sitting there and maybe you're on your phone or you're making dinner or whatever, actually looking up at them, giving them some eye contact and saying, hey, 
name, right? Use their name, help them be seen and, and hear them, acknowledge them when they come into the room. So, Hey, so-and-so, how are you? And then actually listen. And it seems so mundane. It seems so simple, but it's so profound to so many of our kids today. And unfortunately we take it for granted that my kid knows I love them. My kid knows that I hear them, right? I'm looking at my phone, I'm doing this, but they know, they know, they don't know. They Mm. don't know. And so if we can just take those simple things, you know, seen, heard, love, belong, purpose, if we can help them uh, develop those uh, or fill those needs and then help them see them out in the world, uh, an easy one for purpose is your daughter and sons too have a role in the home, right? They are either uh, the child, they're a big brother, big sister, little brother, whatever that is, but really helping them come into that role. And uh, an example of that would be, um, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second? I've been really trying to help your sister with, um, you know, this uh, friendship issue that she's having at school. And I know that, you know, you went through some things like this too. Would you be able to talk to, uh, talk to her and help me out with this too? Wow. That is, that's huge for them because it gives them a sense of purpose, a, a sense of, um, uh, ownership of something. And it gives them something to do that only they can do. Right. And it boosts them up. So just some things like that. So beyond those five needs, the other practical thing is filling in the gap with a system because the world is getting more and more and more complicated, which uh, on the outside, externally, which means internally, we need to help them with a simple system to fill in the gap while their brain is under construction right now of how to go from uh, thoughts, feelings, decisions, actions, and you know the results that just feed into the cycle. How do I go through that and not just you know, do knee-jerk reactions to everything, which is a lot of times what teens do. Understandably, that frontal lobe is not completely, um, you know, functional yet. But if we can give them a system to follow, it's so much easier for them to do. Uh, it's such yep. interesting stuff. Um, and uh, I see Michael is just chomping at the bit. What, what do you got, Michael? <laughs> well, I'm just nodding my head because I think you're so right. Um, I love what you're saying about the system. And as they get um, uh, we, we talk on this show about passive parenting or authoritative parenting mm. and authoritarian parenting. And so I'm going to just put it in that context and check this with you, see if I'm understanding you. I, I You wouldn't be talking about an authoritarian system um, uh, that the parents put in, I don't think, nor about uh, nor a passive system. A passive system would be like there really isn't a system. Authoritarian would be there are these three rules. If you don't follow them, I beat you. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about an authoritative system where the where uh, I believe where the parents have a system, the kids are in that system. And and would you agree, Nelly, that as the kids are getting older, like we're in the 10 to 20 age group, as they're getting older, tweens to teens, they do get to help us adapt and modify the system. Mm. But it's still a system, right? So yes. there's there we're not taking the system away because they because they want this modification. Like, well, well, mom, I want this privilege. Right. But it's still a system where we say to them, okay, you get this privilege, but you have to do the, you have to do this job. Right? right. So we've added a job for you, but you get this privilege. So the system's adapting, but it is a system, and and the folks are in control of the system in an authoritative way, not an authoritarian way. Does that make yeah. sense? 
Yes, it does. And to your point, so I, uh, you know, there's there's three big transitions that happen in parenting. You get the child, either they're born, you adopt them, they come into their your lives, what what have you. That's a really big transition right there. And there's another obvious one when they leave at the end, they go off into the world. And so many think, oh, those are the two big transitions. And in the middle, we're just going through it, right? We're just plowing ahead. But there's this very secret uh, transition that happens in the middle of childhood. And like you're saying, in the first part of childhood, you're really building life for them, right? Because you're setting up what they're eating, what they're doing, who they're seeing, all, you know, all the things. In the second half of childhood, you, in order to get them to a place that they can have, you know, discernment and that self-discipline before they leave home and, and be that leader of themselves, you have to start letting them own their system. You, so you're building life with them at that point. You haven't like I've heard so many parents like, oh, she's 12. So, you know, she's got this. And I'm like, 12, what? You know, and <laughs> like there's so much to do still, right? And so first half of childhood building for them, second half building with them. With them. Yes. And so you want to be able to get them to a point when they are leaving home that you are like, gosh, the world is a lucky place to be able to get you right now. Not oh my gosh, I hope she's going to be okay, right? I, I hope that I've done everything. But if you're building this and giving them, you know, systems along the way, and the system I'm talking about, and I just didn't want to plow through and, and talk about it without <laughs> taking a breather, um, it's it's an internal system. It is really how to go from that thought, feeling, decision behavior. Because our, our teens are full of behavior, right? And as parents, a lot of times we can just be like, pulling your hair out or, you know, turning gray or what have you going, I do not understand why you would choose to do that. I do not understand why that was the result of, you know, this thought that you had. But if you can trace it back with them, again, with them, you can trace that back and say, well, how are, you know, what was your decision that you made that that led to that? What were you feeling that led to that decision? What thought came into your mind that led to that feeling? And you can trace this back with them and give them some accountability. There's outer accountability, which I always think is the first go-to. So, um, you know, a thought comes into your head, you have some outer accountability. I don't think it can be inner accountability. I do this exercise with a, with a lot of students and I ask them, okay, so when a thought goes into your head, right? And we have so many thoughts. We don't have, you know, feelings on every thought. Goodness knows that would be overwhelming, right? We have so many thoughts that go into our head and maybe you have some roadblocks before you actually have a behavior about that. What are your roadblocks? Or I'm sorry, not roadblocks, your um, like stopping points, your checkpoints. And the answers I've gotten, oh my goodness. Um, would it make the people around me happy? Um, would it make me funny? Um, would it, uh, oh, what was another one? Oh, would it make the people around me like me more? Right. Mm -hmm. The problem with all of those things is they're all subjective. Right. Yep. And it all depends on who you're around. So then we're going to get a bunch of chameleon, you know, kiddos running around and that's not good either. So if you have some outside accountability for that first checkpoint, it really makes a world of difference. And this is, you know, what I um, teach my students and just the, the, the vision part of the work that I do. And that outside accountability could be a historical figure. 
It could be a grandparent. It could be a parent. It could be a, a fictional character, right? I've had some people say Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman. That is my person. Uh, this thought comes into my head and I'm like, mm, would Wonder Woman be okay with this, right? God, <laughs> uh, Jesus, right? All those things um, is that first checkpoint. And then you get to the second one there and it's like, okay, what are my values? Is this okay with my values, right? And I always uh, teach people how to make a fence, a values fence, just three sides at most. So it's easy to remember. Our short-term memory is good with three, loves three. And so um, having that values fence, right? Mine is faith, um, integrity, and uh, love. So for me, if it goes through that fence, then I can move on with it. But if it doesn't, you're, you're kicked out, right? You're kicked out and we're not going further. And then mm, you have that yeah. identity checkpoint there and going, is this who I really like? All of this is before behavior. Is this who I really want to be? Is this representing who I'm trying to become? No, out, you know, yes, move on. And it makes that spiral go up instead of going down because whatever the result of that is, is going to feed into the thoughts, you know, feelings, decisions, behavior. So that kind of system, that internal system is what I'm talking about for these kiddos that don't have a fully operational frontal lobe yet, that that critical thinking isn't fully online. But if I give them the system and I figure out their values fence with them and everything, they can, it's so much easier for them to be like, oh, no, that actually is not who I'm trying to become. That doesn't fit my values. That wouldn't be okay with so-and-so. So we're going to kick that out. And just a way of having those thoughts come in and, you know, trash can or let's go take off with this. So. Yeah, great. Great. You are listening to the Wonder Parenting Podcast. Uh, I'm Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Green and our special guest, Nellie Harden. And when we get back, we're going to wrap up. I've got a question about rumination loops. And what does a dad do when he is surrounded by all that estrogen? We'll be uh, back in just uh, a moment. Uh, uh, uh. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Michael, uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, these rumination loops, and let's let's talk for a, a moment about that, because I would imagine that that's a part of what's happening for our daughters, especially at that age. Yes. Yeah, so these rumination loops, anyone can get in them. Uh, they're an especially, especially an issue for girls because of the way the brain is set up. So, so as people know from listening to our podcast, girls, women use about 10 times more white matter activity than, than boys and men. And white matter activity is, is connecting all the dots all over the brain. Whereas guys tend to do things in certain splotches in the brain. So as girls are, are connecting all these dots, they're seeing all this stuff and uh, they're seeing much more sensorially experiencing much more sensorially generally than boys 
car, they'll see the roll of an eye or they'll hear someone say something to them. They'll, it will, it'll get in them what we nowadays call trigger. It'll get in them in their psyches and they'll think something about it or feel something about it, you know? Um, and the, the feeling is, as Nellie's saying, that feeling is happening really in the amygdala and the midbrain. And then it gets, it gets sent up to the cingulate cortex, which is an attention focused part of the brain. Um, it gets sent up there. So we're going to focus on it, right? The brain's going to focus on it. And then it goes back down though. The electricity goes back down to the emotive centers. And so this becomes a rumination loop in which, um, the child is just constantly thinking about this and feeling this and feeling it over and over and over again for, for hours, for days, could be weeks, depending on, you know, the severity of what happened. And um, that's very debilitating. It's one of the reasons that girls struggle so much more with overt depression and uh, overt anxiety than boys do um, uh, because of those rumination loops. Is that what you were talking about, Tim? Yeah, yeah. And so, Michael, you you always suggest at some point you've got to step in and break the loop. Yeah. And so, of course, we need to hear the child. The child says, so-and-so rolled her eyes at me. Um, you know, I felt really bad about this, et cetera, et cetera. We need to hear this and all the other stuff that her brain is going to download for us if she'll talk to us about it that are these feelings she has, because maybe I don't belong to go to what Nellie was talking about those basic needs, you know, for her, um, I think Nellie, you're really wise in connecting all this because the, the basic needs are going to creep into this rumination loop. She's going to be, so I'm not loved. Um, uh, I'm not seen, I'm not heard. Uh, or if I am seen or heard, I'm seen as defective and inadequate. You know, all of this is in this rumination loop. And so we do need to see and hear, and then we also have to help her problem solve because we part of our job then becomes you got to get out of this rumination loop because this is going to hurt you. And so now we're trying to help her problem solve, reality check, uh, do something, a task, you know, go talk to this person who rolled her, their eyes at you. Did she really roll her eyes at you? What did she mean? Figure it out. You know, all of this so that there's action, so that there's uh, new thinking and growing up, basically maturation comes rather than just the rumination loop taking over. Mm. So Nelly, you're, you're a famous podcaster and you speak to women all around the world. So your daughters never have rumination loops. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would, you're imagine, funny. I would <laughs> imagine it's uh, an interesting moment when you've got four daughters in a rumination loop. Um, oh. tell, tell us a little bit about how you're handling that. And, and uh, some of the things that you would do to help our, our daughter sort of move through those. So there, uh, first of all, they definitely do. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, having, yeah, having four daughters, we had four daughters in four years. So, you know, there's a lot there. Uh, yeah. There's always a fire, uh, an yeah. emotional fire going on somewhere, something. And there's some really big questions that we ask with all of these. So, uh um, comparison. In fact, um, one of my daughters was at church and youth the other night and they had these, um, poster boards. And on one side, it's like, what are you struggling with? And the other side was, you know, how, how, um, God helped you through this. But one of them, one of my daughters, and we know this, her, uh, her poster said, I really struggle with, um, insecurity and comparison. Right. Mm. And we know this and it's something we've been working with. And one of the, the antidote question to that is, is this true? 
right? Mm. We come up with so many stories in our heads. Um, you know, I, I loved, I, I worked with uh, Brene Brown for about 18 months and, and her work. And, you know, she has these uh, stormy first drafts that can go on in your head is what she calls them. And, you know, you see something like the eye roll, like you were talking about. And then, you know, the thought that maybe they had something in their eye never crosses their head, their mind, right? It's always the worst possible scenario they go to. It's that storming first draft. So uh, when they come and they're they're in this, uh, I think another, a good word for rumination loop is freakout loop for you know common parents all around. <laughs> yeah. Is okay. Let's let's kind of pull out of here what you're talking about. What is really actually true that you know is fact. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be none of it is fact, which is fine. You want to hear them out. You want to go through that. But if you can ask them that question, it makes them pause a little bit and be like, oh, well, I know it's true. Like, I don't know it's true, but I know it's true. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. all right, you know. And um, with perfectionism, it is, is this actually possible, right? Do you, are you going to become the NBA player, massive tennis player, best celloist, you know, whatever, all these things, like, is that really possible? And if it is, is that even what you want to do? Mm -hmm. What is the motivation behind this, right? Uh, with people pleasing, it's why. Why is it so important that you do this for this person? What are you looking for out of this person? Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. and just diving in there a little bit, what are you looking for out of this person and why aren't you finding it in other ways? All of those things. And then for identity shifting, it is, okay, who am I becoming? Because so many times, especially in our teens today, especially in our teen women today, teen and tween women, they are just trying to, this person sees me, hears me, and I can be loved and belong here. So this is who I'm going to be. Oh, that lasted a couple of months. So I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to yeah. do this. And so asking, you know, having them ask that question, who am I really becoming on this path? And it's all about that future casting. So we have a lot of really big conversations in this house as a family and and we, we always get together and, and support one another um, as best we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a chance here in a moment to, to give people uh, some information on how to connect with you. But uh, let's let's kind of end with this. We've got two guys. Both of us have raised daughters. And we've talked a bit about our experiences. Your hubby is living with five women. Yeah. Um, and um, if, if you were... If, if you were to put words in his mouth, what are one or two things he would say? This is this is how I survive, <laughs> and not just survive, but this is this is the role that I can play in the lives of my daughters. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I was just talking about this yesterday because someone asked, "Does he leave like <laughs> for a week out of every month or so to just go somewhere?" And I was like. No, but you know what? Now that you mention it, he has a lot of garage projects that all of a sudden come up, you know? I was like, hmm. And um, he just reorganized the garage last week. And I was like, that all kind of fits. And yeah. uh, so, um, but he he's that sounding board for another perspective, which I think is, is really important for them to have in their lives. I think, uh, I mean, I do a lot of perspective work, um, in, within families and he's a different perspective to come at, uh, to ask questions to, and, and, uh, to really get them thinking about certain things, right. He's also more 
reactive sometimes towards situations instead of pondering over them, which has its, you know, its good sides and its not so good sides. And we talk about it all as a family too. Um, but if I were to put one word in, you know, his mouth that sometimes happens when there are all the fires burning, he's like, oh goodness, you know, like it would just be like, <laughs> I think I have to go to work. He works from, we both work from home and he's like, oh, I think I have a meeting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yep>. great. <laughs> God bless him. And, and it's, it's a, 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 and we can both say this, uh, what the, it's the great privilege of our lives to be able to raise our daughters. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Michael talks a lot about bi-strategic parenting, which we've done a lot in the, in the, uh, other episodes and we will do again. And just how important that role is of dad, a, a strong dad in the lives of their daughters. Lori, how can uh, people connect with you oh. and some of the great resources? Nelly. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Nelly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was like, is there yeah. someone else on here? Lori was the last podcast we did. Nelly. <laughs> Nelly. Yeah. You got the E at the end. Yeah. The, there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I love to keep it simple. Again, the world is is chaotic. So I love to keep it simple. My website, NellieHarden.com. Uh, you can find everything uh, on there from where to connect with me on social. I'm on Instagram at Nellie Harden. Um, and then you can find uh, parenting workshops there, daughter decoder, um, all mm. of those type of things you can find all on my website. Can you spell that? Let's make sure to spell that, your name. Yeah, so it's N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Great. Excellent. And then when this is released, we will uh, post that information for our uh, folks who are on our webpage uh, in, uh, on the Facebook page, uh, Wonder of Parenting on Facebook, and uh, we'll make sure that that's there. Nellie, you have been delightful and uh, so helpful, and it's been really an honor for us to meet you. Thank you so very, very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nelly. And Michael, thank you as always. Thank you both. Thanks, everybody. Yep. And we want to thank you for listening to the Wonder Parenting Podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Have a great week. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.